Good morning, and welcome to Old Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Friday, September the 11th, 2020. We are reading from the big book, continuing our study of Bill's story on page five, reading the second paragraph, gradually things got worse. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Lauren M., the 12 Traditions, Anita L., and readers of the text, Tenzin P., Susan H., and Melissa C. The reference numbers for Thursday, September the 10th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 15330, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 15331. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lauren N. to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, visionaries. Lauren N., compulsive overeater, sugar addict from New York. Twelve steps. We admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that the power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought to repair in meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Lauren N. And Anita L. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me give service, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we're resuming our study of Bill's story. We're on page five, starting with the second paragraph, gradually things got worse. We're reading through two paragraphs and commenting on both. So Tenzin P, could 
could you read for us, please? Yes, we're gratitude. Uh, good morning, everyone. Tenzin uh, T checking in from New York City. Uh, gradually, things got worse. The house was taken over by the mortgage holder. My mother-in-law died. My wife and father-in-law became ill. Then I got a promising business opportunity. Stocks were at the low point of 1932, and I I had somehow formed a group to buy. I was to share generously in the profits. Then I went on a prodigious bender, and that chance vanished. Well, looking back in my history, there there was a point uh, when, well, I would say things got worse at the time. It didn't feel so gradual to me. Um, but on the other hand, the the denial that I had, and that's that's part of the strong will to keep going, to keep alive, meant that I wouldn't really see things so clearly as they were going out of control. Um, so I was at that time I was in graduate school, and um, I had. And I was in the compulsive eating, bulimia, and getting up in the middle of the night to go out into neighborhoods that I shouldn't have been walking in by myself to go get binge foods. And um, then I would wake up the next morning and be, not every day, but often uh, so hungover, especially from the bulimia, that I wouldn't get out of bed, wouldn't go to school, would miss my classes. Um, And the way my addiction worked, part of the coping was that that I would do things um, in other behaviors to try to control in ways that I eventually came to learn also needed help from addiction programs. Um, So, you know, uh, financially things got really bad relationships were in a lot of trouble. Um, I, uh, uh, there had been a breakup from someone that I uh, had great hopes for the relationship. So I was feeling alone and desperate. And, um, and then at the same time, at the same time, go figure, I, I won a big fellowship in graduate school. And I, I, did, um, I did take that position but I wasn't able to show up nearly nearly in the way that I might have if I was abstinent and in recovery. Uh, so what I take from that, you know, it's I, I take with a lot of compassion for myself and all the people around me who were affected by my behaviors. I take uh, compassion, but a lot of determination because of the steps and all all of my sponsors and the grace of my recovery, I take the compassion and the determination to to one step at a time 
uh, not forget, but stay in recovery. And uh, I think I think that that's all that I have to share. And I wish everyone a blessed day. Thank you, Tenzin P. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once as it does help me to hear everybody. Who would like to share? Loretta Susan H. H. Nessa R. Shanna C. Phil M. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. I heard Loretta, Susan, Nessa R., Shannon C., Phil M. Did I miss anybody? Tamara C. Great. Okay, thank you. We have our lineup. So we're starting with Loretta followed by Susan. And Loretta, can we have the initial of your last name, please? Yes. Can you, am I still muted or unmuted? We hear you fine. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, Loretta H., sorry about that. Um, And thanks, everybody, for saving my life today and everybody who puts this meeting together. My name is Loretta H. I am definitely a compulsive reader, anorexic, graced with God's Absence for today and recovered with God's grace for today. Um, this is very poignant for me. Um, it talks about the gradual things. Um, I, I'm looking at my book right now. Sorry about that. Uh, got worse, and then it. Then I went on a prestigious bender, and all um, chances vanished. And today is a very poignant day for me. Um, it's 9-11, I'm going to get very emotional about this, but I was six months into my abstinence on 9-11, and um, I was in the industry and also the city where a lot of the damage was done, and I was six months into my abstinence, uh, and I had a spiritual experience that day because I wanted to give blood, I wanted to find out who died, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted. And, of course, I had a call with my sponsor because we talked every day because I was newly into recovery. And she said to me, the only thing I had to do that day was to stay abstinent and everything would be okay. And because of that and God's grace, of course, um, I have stayed out of the food ever since. And it was just a reminder that the darkness before the dawn and this program, I know that If whatever happens, COVID, whatever happens, if I stay absent, I am going to be okay. And it was just solid proof that God is always there, even in the darkest days. And if I can just work this program, trust him, be secure in what somebody whether it's my sponsor's directives or God's directives, and follow their directives, 
my life will be beyond my wildest dreams. And it, even today with all this going on, I'm so grateful for this program because, and the fellows in this program with God with skin on them, because I don't think I'd be here today if it wasn't. I'm 73 now, and oh my God, I'm so grateful. So, and with that, I passed, and um, I haven't been on the prestigious bender since um, I came into the room, and that's such gratitude because it was dark. It was very dark, and with that, I passed. Thank you, Loretta H. And Susan, it's your turn, followed by Nessa R., and if we could have the initial of your last name, please. Yeah, this is Susan H., usually in Ohio today in Hazard, Kentucky. And reading this this morning, these two paragraphs, it's kind of revisiting the absolutely worst worst of times and then a promising time, a happy time, a joyous time, a chance, a chance at making things better. And in the worst of times, Bill drank. In the worst of my times, I ate. And in the best of times, Bill drank. And in the best and happiest times, I ate. Um, it was a matter of the um, obsession of the mind. Everything pointed back to um, <laughs> trusting in my addiction and trusting that uh, the food and the act of eating was what was going to make everything better, always. And then the allergy of the body would take over. So I'm glad to revisit Bill's story and identify with um, the things that he went through and see how they align with the things I've done and the things I've been through. Um, I'm very grateful for where I am today. I don't have to live that way. And uh, grateful to know a higher power that is here and loves me and uh, will continue to guide me as long as I take the actions. So I will pass and have a great day. Thank you, Susan H. Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Shannon C. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I really identify with this part of the book. Um, uh, I guess all of us can. Um, You know, Bill is starting to realize that he has to stop drinking, although he's going to continue drinking for a few more years and... uh, uh, two or three more pages, however, in a different way that he's drunk before. Um, you know, he's no longer in denial that he has to stop drinking. Um, however, he is in denial about his powerlessness. He still thinks he can control this. And I identify with this um, not only in the experiences that led to my coming into a way, but even in my experiences in a way. You know, like I came into OA 17 and a half, a little bit over 17 and a half years ago. And, you know, I thought I was licked. Like I, I came, you know, discouraged and demoralized. But yet I continued to struggle 
um, with the food in their in their rooms for nine more years. I didn't really um, get it, um, you know, immediately. I don't. I, I don't think very. I think very few people do. Some of it was not due to my own fault, but some of it was. You know, I remember um, lying to sponsors about my abstinence, you know, which I had lost. I mean, in retrospect, I was never really abstinent because I had never really given up 100% of my trigger foods. But at the time, I thought that that was abstinence. And even within that definition, I was no longer abstinent and hiding it from my sponsors, hoping to regain my abstinence on my own without having to disclose that, they, that I had a... a a slip, you know, and trying to control it on myself, just like I I did when um, I was going from commercial diet to commercial diet to, you know, commercial treatment to commercial treatment. Um, You know, um, I guess um, different than Bill, I, I, I don't know that I never really understood what powerlessness meant. Um, So I guess I was still in denial over both my powerlessness and um, my uh, the fact that, you know, um, I guess um, I, I did find that later and I'm, I'm going to start to, to, to ramble about that. Um, but the, the clear moment came to me when I found somebody in whom the, pro, the problem had been solved. And I really identified um, with her because we had similar lives in many respects, and yet she was not only abstinent, but she was in a normal body and, and more importantly, in a normal mind. Um, and that I brought see. me to the, ter- thank you, that brought me to the turning point of, okay, what do I want more? Do I want to eat or do I want the food? Um, or, or do I want recovery? And I guess I chose recovery. And uh, with that, I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Shannon, Shannon C., it's your turn, followed by Phil M. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning, everybody. Uh, thanks, everybody, for your service. Uh, this is Shannon C., grateful, recovered, compulsive eater. Of, um, it's a miracle for my life. I wake up every morning. I, I can't believe I... <laughs> oh, thank you, God. Um, the thing that really jumps out at me here is uh, gradually things got worse. And the feeling he must have had, uh, you know, when he lost his home and then his mother-in-law died and he was at the bottom of, of where he, I mean, I can imagine emotionally. Um, and then he got a promising business opportunity. And looking back over my life, so there I have experienced so many lows. And um, then all of a sudden I get a promising whatever kind of opportunity. And then I get excited. And this time it'll be different. And then... Um, I get a, you know, my somehow formed a group to buy and all of a sudden this wonderful idea and it's an actual legit thing that happens that, but then somehow I managed to, to just blow it all up again. Um, and that has happened so many in before recovery, so many times in my life. Um, and I didn't know. And then that looking back and, and that regret and worry, remorse and morbid reflection and that would cause and didn't want to eat and eat and I couldn't understand why life was happening so badly to me. Um, it wasn't until I was able to get to that point where I could truly, truly concede to my innermost self that I could not manage my own life without the aid of a power greater than myself and my food was just a symptom of that. Um, 
and how I was absolutely prone to self-defeat, prone to do that, and I had no power to do any differently. And I'm looking back over my inventory, I can see where there was something at work in my life long before I could uh, could realize it. And I can see that the only thing that was getting in my way was me. Um, and what that oh those opportunities were they were showing themselves were coming from a power greater than myself that had his eye on me long before I even realized it knew what I needed before I needed but I couldn't access the power. Thank God that that's what uh, this book is about is to enable me to find a power by which I could live. Um, and um, the removal of self-will uh, day at a time, um, turning my will and life over to the care of God as I understand him, you know, every single day. And it becomes easier and easier the more I do it. And the more I surrender, the easier surrender gets. Uh, the more self is removed, the less I'm able to destroy myself <laughs> with food or with anything else. Um, and grateful for that. This is a way of life that it really has worked for me and continues to work. And I'm so grateful for it and for all of you guys. Thanks is all I've got. Thank you, Shannon C. Phil M., it's your turn, followed by Tamara C. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. Thank you very much for your service. My name is Phil M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Carrick Fergus in Northern Ireland. Um, God has quite a sense of humor. Um, I have just finished, finally, writing up my story um for the website in Ireland here and as uh, the reader started gradually I was reading the word gradually in my story <laughs> and I uh, wrote gradually over the coming years I put all the weight back on and more on top and I go on to say that last year I was at 16 and a half stone which I think is 231 pounds um but thanks be to God I am not in that same place today And thanks, God, that Bill found his answer too and shared it with us all. Um, Today, uh, I just completed uh, step 12 with a sponsee who is just thrilled with it and said the nicest thing. She says, in your honour, sorry, I'm going to pass this on to others, you know. And uh, she has just been a delight. She's been so keen to work and... um, I'm just delighted that my recovery, you know, helped by very much by a vision for you and everyone here on the line, you know, is going forward to it's such an honor. It really is. Um, and um, anyway, also, I would like to say I hadn't realized it was 9-11 today until the first speaker spoke. And I just want to pass on my condolences to all of those who suffered loss on that day and those who are still suffering. Okay. With that, I'll pass, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Phil M. Tamara C., it's your turn. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning. This is Tamara C., Recovered Compulsive Eater in California. Um, Yeah, I can really identify with the first sentence, gradually things got worse. Uh, My eating certainly got worse. Um to the point where I didn't even want to spend time with the people that I loved because I knew I'd be thinking about food all the time and how to get food and they may not eat for hours and and that just seemed unbearable to me and it was really no longer a luxury for me. I had to have it. My disease just took over my life as it progressed. I did eat against my will. I didn't enjoy it. I just had to do it. 
my misery increased. Uh, I lived in fear, fear of what what am I doing to myself and what's ahead and what is the end going to be like and where am I headed and um, I just... I was so miserable and um, so demoralized, and I, I did cry out to God often, but I I was so blocked from hearing the loving answer. So after working the steps and um, getting recovered and continuing to live in the steps and practice them and use them every day, uh, food is no longer my master. Um, I have a new director who brings me freedom and wisdom and love. And I also have this beautiful fellowship and my recovered friends continually point me in the direction of truth and freedom. So today things continually get better instead of worse. And I'm just so grateful to all of you for being here and for asking each day what you can do for the one who still suffers. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Tamara C. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later, we are continuing our study of Bill's story on page five, reading the second and third paragraph, starting with gradually things got worse. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, Please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once, as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Kelly G. Eileen D. Eileen D. Ahmed. Cindy C. Okay, I heard Kelly G. Irene D. Somebody M. And Cindy C. Who was the M, please? Um, um, thank you. Anyone else? Martha O. Ron G. Perfect. Thanks. We have our lineup. Kelly G. Irene B. On M. Cindy C. Now, Martha O. And Lon G. Kelly G. Please go ahead. Good morning, Kelly G. from Florida. Um, I just want to share about the progressive nature of this disease. And gradually things do get worse. And, you know, this is all about step one and the unmanageability. And I was just so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And things were like quicksand. They just started unraveling. And, you know, today it's one of those things where, even being abstinent for a long time, if I were to go back, it would be just as bad as that last bottom that I had because this disease never gets better. It only gets worse and gradual. And the same thing with recovery. You know, on a positive note, the more recovery, the stronger. And recovery also gets progressive. Promises start unfolding. Things do get better. So I just want to say that where I put my energy is where my where my direction is going. It's my compass. Um, but just how this disease will I will it will always outrun me. It will always be stronger than me. Um, and that's what I'd like to share. Thanks for letting me share. 
Thank you, Kelly G. Irene B., it's your turn, followed by On M. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. Actually, it's Eileen D. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Eileen. Sure. Good morning, and thank you so much for your service. You know, I, was, I really resonated with this, uh, these two paragraphs today. Um, the second paragraph starts with, then I got a promising business opportunity. And, um, you know, it's funny how things, time has a way of kind of fuzzy, making me fuzzy, forgetting like a shadow, you know, things that have happened in my life on my road to recovery. And um, in 2005, uh, my company won this large contract um, with the state. It was a federal mandate. And so we won this large contract. Um, And six years prior to that, I had lost my abstinence because I got mad. I got angry at God. Well, figure that. Um, And so I was going to show God. Well, it didn't work that way. I put on about 30 pounds of showing God that I was angry. So I walked into this big contract, and um, it was enormously, and we were successful. And um, ironically, though, it gave me a chance to take people out, to go out to dinner, and I put on the weight. I gained another 40 pounds. And whereas I could have, and then every so often I would get the idea, well, maybe I should go on a diet, you know, Someone could cook my meals. Someone, you know, I could have food brought in. And I did all that stuff because I was on top of the world, you know. Money was not a problem. All of it, of course, only netted me misery, gaining more weight, getting in the food. And I was so bloated. And then um, the following year, two years into this contract, I became very ill and I had pancreatic cancer. And I should have, I should have died. Um, but, but the grace of God, I didn't. Um, I was considered a miracle by the Navy surgeon who said, you don't understand, lady. You should have died. Uh, but you didn't. Um, and so I gradually began to realize that God was doing for me what I could never do for myself. And I began to come up out of that fog of just overeating to, to just beat the band. And I came out of that fog very gradually to realize how grateful I was that I, and I walked back into OA. I had stopped going to OA. So big advice, don't leave the program. (laughs) And uh, here I am today, recovered by God's grace. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Eileen B. On M, it's your turn, followed by Cindy C. Good morning. Good morning. I'm not sure if it's Lynn or Rebecca. This is Anne M. from Ireland. Uh, thank you so much for your service and thanks for everybody on the line. And again, pass on my condolences for today being 9-11 to you all. Uh, yeah, love this part. You know, gradually things got worse. And yeah, this disease, you know, gradual, it's a slow, slow, horrible death we're in, you know, and the disease really, it's a constant, long-winded, you know, easy to deny disease and it's a slow, vicious cycle, really, you know, until we find something that is, you know, a source or a power that's greater than us. And, uh, yeah, just the whole part, it destroys every, you know, it gradually, you know, feeds into all all aspects, you know, relationships, life, friends, the whole thing is destroyed. And, yeah, the destruction of this disease, it just really brings it all home to me. You know, this disease destroys all facets of life. 
you know, all everything is smashed. Joy, happiness, all prospects. Um, it's like Bill talked later on about the stock market, all be cut to ribbons. You know, and that's how my life was. The food was one thing and it got out of control and, you know, everything else and how I tried to, I tried to, you know, to, to win it over. I tried everything to try and, you know, block the food, stop the food, lock presses, put keys outside. And it just got, gra- it got, you know, progressive and, and very vicious. And, you know, today it's not like that, thank God. It's very, very different. And I'm so grateful. You know, the food has its right place. Recovery gives all the promises. And those promises are coming true for me. And, you know, that is the hope. And it is it is where we have to reach that, that vicious rock bottom. And, you know, rock bottom can go to all levels and all, you know, there's no end to that rock bottom. And thank God I got my rock bottom and I found recovery. And I'm so very grateful. I really am. So thank you so much for hearing me. And thanks, everybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you, and M. Cindy C., it's your turn, followed by Martha O. Good morning, Cindy. Hi, this is Cindy C. in New York. Um, So the statement, gradually things got worse, really touches me. Um, Suddenly, you know, in other parts of our book, it says suddenly, and now it says gradually. So, you know, we look at these words and we think, what does that mean? Gradually things got worse. So even in abstinence, you know, I'm not referring back to the days of before my abstinence, but during abstinence, you know, gradually things got worse. Well, how could that happen? How could that happen during abstinence? It could happen if we rest on our laurels. It could happen, it can happen if we're not working on our spiritual fitness on a daily basis. And all of a sudden, we look in the mirror, and having nothing whatsoever to do with food or abstinence, gradually things get worse. How could that be? So, you know, this just reminds me how important it is to absolutely work this program every day, because we're always in, we're in motion. We're either moving toward a better abstinence or moving away from a better abstinence. And, you know, we say that we pick up a drink long before we ever pick up a drink. So every day we have to be on guard and making sure that we're taking the time out to work on this program. And for me, that doesn't necessarily mean going to a meeting every day. It means working on the program. You know, I can't get sober because the person next to me is working a program at a meeting. That doesn't work. And if I don't want things to gradually get worse, I have to remember where I came from and how quickly I could go back. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy C. Martha O., it's your turn, followed by Lon G. Good morning, Martha. Hi, this is Martha O., compulsive uh, recovered, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater and bulimic in Vancouver, B.C. Thank you so much to everyone doing service today and for making this meeting possible. Um, I love this reading. At first, I just thought, oh, is this does this resonate with me? But like everything, you know, this, there's just so much truth here. And the, the word gradually really made me think there's, I think it's like an Ernest Hemingway or something. Um, somebody says, how did it was, how did you go bankrupt or how did you become an alcoholic? It was, he said, gradually, then suddenly. And that 
just, it's, it seems like it's gradual. And then all of a sudden I cannot, it's a waking up and just not being able to recognize my life. Like, how did I get here? And for me, one of the things I look at now, now that I'm recovered, now that I just, um, you know, now I, now that I wake up just looking forward to every day with a heart full of gratitude, I, um, hence it being, you know, it's 4am out here <laughs> and I'm on this line, but, um, I have so many journals going back like uh, probably 15 years where every, uh, the back back pages are just filled with like new start, new day, day one, you know, tr- trying to put down, you know, it was like 60 days without sugar, just every, all of these attempts. And then something would happen and the, ch- you know, the chance, the freedom that I was experiencing or whatever good things were coming my way that would vanish. And that, those words just also really, really haunt me that, that chance vanished because so many good things that came into my life, whether it was work opportunities or um, relationships or, um, you know, working with a new sponsee when I had periods of recovery and, and then the chance would vanish. And then I would just be, you know, sort of baffled, but then try to tackle it myself and solve it myself again and think that I was surrendered and, and then not. And, um, and just that, uh, I, I don't know that I feel like those whole two, two paragraphs are just so full of those, those words that haunt us, you know, things being promising, um, a chance, you know, these chances that come up. Um, and, you know, for today, like I, I, I think it might have been the first person who shared that idea that we 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 became aware of how bad the problem was, but not of our own powerlessness. And for me, that's what has made the difference this time was a complete and thorough step one, where I have no doubt that I'm completely and utterly powerless. But the good news is that if I do this every day for the rest of my life, and I love doing these actions, I love these meetings, I love the spiritual work. I can keep, I won't ever have to have those pages in my journal full of like crossed out dates and new starts and trying again and just that feeling of gradual and and then sudden and sudden defeat by this rapacious creditor as the book calls it. And I'm just, um, yeah, I, I really wish for the same freedom for all of you, especially for anyone who's struggling and um, sending blessings and player, prayers to everyone who was impacted by 9-11 and uh May you all enjoy God's grace today. Thank Thank you for letting me share. Pass. Thank you. Thank you, Martha. Oh, Lon G., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Lon. Thank you. This is Ron G. in Daytona Beach, Florida, and I so identified with this, uh, these two paragraphs. I don't know how many missed opportunities I had as a result of walking around in a food coma and just not being cognizant of of the good things that were around me. Um, I'm looking at the word gradually, and and, uh, I I, I fly back to uh, uh, a three-year period of absence that I had many uh, many years ago, and um, uh, the gradually related to the relapse um, was I made a series of bad decisions uh, and took on bad attitudes that last year, I believe. The, the, the first two were great, and then um, that last year, things just gradually got worse in my head before I picked up uh, that first compulsive bite. And as has already been shared, um, 
you know, picking up the, the drug is the last part of the relapse. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful I have seven-plus months of abstinence now. Um, and uh, I don't want to ever take for granted um, what recovery means to me. Um, and that, that word prestigious bender, among, among the bad decisions I, I made in that last year of abstinence was uh, I started to think a prestigious bender would, would be uh, a good, wonderful thing for me. Uh, I never had the desire to have one dozen so uh, food item. I, I wanted it all. I wanted the prestigious bender. And today, I look at it, and if uh, a prestigious vendor was going to cost me $100,000, um, I couldn't afford that, um, and I wouldn't do that. Uh, but it would cost me so much more. It cost me nine years of my life, that, that first prestigious vendor, um, and, and, and I just really can't afford to go back there anymore. And by the grace of God, I don't have to. Thanks so much. Thank you, Lon G. Uh, we have time for two or three more shares. Just a reminder that although we value your experience, if you did share yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. Who would like to share? Heidi L. Christine A. All right, well, let's go with those two, and we'll see how we do time-wise. Heidi, L. good morning. Good morning. You can hear me, yes? I can hear you, yes. Awesome. Hello, this is Heidi L. from Toronto. Uh, work has started. I'm not able to do this meeting the way I was during the pandemic, and it makes me a little bit sad, but it's okay because you know what? You guys are still here, and you're still holding my seat for me, and I really, really appreciate it. And, yeah, it's it's gradually things get much, 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 much worse, and also gradually things get better. And I've come a little bit further away from my last binge. Um, I'm approaching six and a half months or so of abstinence go figure and that is not me that is absolutely not me and i just want to thank you all of you i um was i identified as a newcomer on the second half hour and i got a ton on the second hour i got a ton of phone calls generous people and i did that just before i was going back to work so i just feel like i'm i'm a little bit more connected um, I'm not working the program perfectly, um, but I am abstinent. I am working the program. I have a sponsor. I'm accountable to my sponsor, and I'm grateful to all of you. And thank you. There you go. Done. Thank you, Heidi L. Christina A., please go ahead. Press star one to unmute, Christina. Sorry, Christina A. 
Hi, thanks very much. Sorry, I was struggling to get through. Good morning. My name is Christine A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and it is just a blessing to be here today to share with everybody in the fellowship. Um, yep, could re- the reading resonated with me very, very much. It uh, definitely gets much, much worse. But today I am in a place of joy and happiness and I'm 50 days uh, absent from sugar and I've worked the steps um, available to sponsor, etc. But uh, it's just such a blessing to be here today. And as others have said, condolences on this sad anniversary. Thanks very much. I'll pass. Thank you. All right. We still have time left for some shares. Who would like to share? Jennifer H. Devoa S. Okay, I heard somebody before Jennifer. Who was that? Devoa S. No, Devora, not. I've got you after Jennifer. Who was the lady before Jennifer, please? Maureen. Maureen, please go ahead. Okay, so this is Maureen D. Recovering compulsive overeater in Washington State. And gradually things got worse. And for me, it was so gradual. It's it, it's unrecognizable that things were getting worse and worse. Um, my house wasn't taken over, but my marriage was taken over by disease. And my spirit died. I my spirit just died. And um, my last prodigious bender, oh my gosh, I was so incredibly miserable. It, it, but it was the gift of desperation that led me to make a phone call and introduce myself on this line. And I got a sponsor that day. And my misery vanished by working this program and the support of my sponsor and the fellowship and hearing the stories that matched my story and working to step reading this book, um, my misery has vanished. And I am, the promises are coming true already and I'm so very grateful for for everyone in this meeting and for this book. And I thank you for your service and have a good day without a pass. Thank you, Laureen D. Jennifer, it's your turn, followed by Devorah S. And Jennifer, the initial of your last name, please. Uh, hi, my uh, H, Jennifer H. in Virginia. Um, good morning. I just was I wasn't going to share, but then I was listening to everybody talking about that gradually things got worse and then the prodigious bender and the chance vanished. And, um, you know, this disease is pretty insidious if we don't maintain our condition or grow spiritually through keeping active in the program. And it's really easy to let other things get in the way. And so I'm grateful for the reminder because this has been a heck of a week at my job. Um, sometimes I don't want to be the adult and be responsible and make decisions and, uh, I had to anyway, So, but I'm very grateful that in the midst of all that, I was able to turn to my sponsor, pray, you know, and be abstinent, even though things were crazy. Um, so I'm just very, very grateful to be here, and I'm so grateful that gradually things are getting better and not getting worse. And I just remember one of my last binges was, my one of my last 
relapses started off with just deciding to eat tortilla chips in a restaurant. But of course, there was a lot of emotional stuff prior to that. So thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jennifer H. And Deborah S., you'll be the last person to share this morning. Please go ahead, Deborah. Thank you, Lynn, and everyone on this line that makes this meeting possible. Good morning. My name is Deborah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And, you know, gradually things got worse. You know, in the disease, things get worse. And we go down and down and down, and we feel like it's never going to get over. We're never going to get out of that pit, and that's what I felt like. You know, things just got worse. My health deteriorated. My job took a turn. And it's all because I couldn't stop eating. Um, then I came into this program, right? And I have, it was promising for me. This was a, a, uh, an opportunity for me that I, I, can, that I could stop eating. And thank you, God, you know, things did get better very, very gradually, very gradually. And, um, and then there were opportunities in the, meeting, in the program which I was able to um, take, a, take advantage of by, you know, just showing up and being here, you know, working the big book, you know, because in the beginning it was a very gradual um, process. It was abstinence only, and, um, but things weren't getting too much better. It was great to be in a thin body, and I was living in a plain cloud, but then it was like, what else? What else is there? And thank God that the, I had an opportunity, you know, to, to learn the book, you know, someone presented this big book to me and taught me about, you know, Bill's story, um, and thank God, you know, the opportunities are there for all of us, you know, each day is another day where I have a chance to get close to God and to seek God's will, those are my opportunities today to, to grow towards, lean into God, and to be of service to others, and what an opportunity that is for us, and what a gift that is to us to get out you know, to get out of myself um, and to be of service um, because that wasn't in the, that wasn't in my, well, that was not in my thing. I don't know what the, well, I'm looking for that right word. That wasn't in that thing when I came into this program. You know, it wasn't part of my description that I was going to do when I got into this program. Um, but I'm learning now. This is, this is what, this is what gets me, gets, keeps me into this opportunity, you know, reaching out to others, being of service and uh, leaning into God all together, you know, and really grateful for this opportunity and for this gift of this program. And thank you all for being here, and God bless you all. I'll pass. Thank you, Devorah S., and thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Friday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Friday, September the 11th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 15335. So uh, we will now close the meeting with Susan H. And could you read Vision for us, page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer? Hi, this is Susan H. again, a recovered compulsive overeater from Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.